So this morning, I'd like to talk to you a little bit uh, from the gospel according to John, the third chapter. I'll be beginning at verse one, if you want to follow along in your own Bibles. This is the story of Nicodemus. Hear what John writes. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So this Jewish leader named Nicodemus, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, which was kind of the equivalent among the Pharisees of the Jewish Supreme Court. And so Nicodemus was a very important man, and he sought Jesus out, coming to him under the veil of night, under cover of darkness, to have a theological discussion with Jesus. So coming to Jesus at night, as John writes, is significant here. If we, if we look back at the first chapter of John, verses 4 and 5, John writes, In him, Jesus was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. See, John in his gospel uses light and darkness to describe these forces that are in opposition to one another. Darkness is the realm of Satan. 
evil, doubt, unbelief, whereas light is truth. It's understanding. It's righteousness and godliness. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. In other words, he comes to him in a state of doubt and unbelief, seeking what really we all are seeking, truth, seeking the light. And so the dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus goes with a, with a question. With a preface, Nicodemus says, Rabbi, we all know. We all know that you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God stuff, the God revealing acts that you do if God weren't part of it. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, you're absolutely correct. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, some versions say born again. It's not possible to see what it is that I'm pointing to. And Jesus says, what I'm pointing to is the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus just can't quite grasp what Jesus is saying about being born again, about being born from above. His understanding, like many people, even Christians these days, the understanding is limited to that of the physical physical birth. He says, how can anyone be born who's already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb. You can't be born again. What are you saying, Jesus, with all this born from above talk? And so Jesus tries again. Jesus is very patient, isn't he? He tries again. You're not listening, Nicodemus. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits, as the message says, to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible creation, a, a, a baptism into a new life, unless a person submits to that, it's not possible for them to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus says, when you look at a baby, it's, it's just that. It's a, it's a body that you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within that body is formed by something you can't see and you can't touch. It's the spirit. It becomes, the baby becomes a living spirit. So Jesus tells Nicodemus, don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above. You have to be born again. You have to be born out of this world. You have to be born in the spirit. And then he tries to give Nicodemus an example with the wind. He says, you know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's going next. That's the way it is, Jesus says, with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. So what Jesus needs Nicodemus to understand, and, and by extension what he needs us to understand about this born again thing, is that it requires a fundamental shift in our identity, 
a transformation from being a person of the world, a person of the fall, a person of sin, transformed to a person of the original design of God. A person who is in step with the Holy Spirit. A person who's dead to the old life of self and born anew into a new creation in Christ. After all that, Nicodemus is still confused. And I dare say there's many people outside the walls of this church who are still confused. What do you mean by this? How does this happen? Nicodemus says. And so Jesus reminds Nicodemus, you're a respected teacher of Israel and you don't even grasp the basics. And so he says again, listen carefully. I'm, I'm speaking sober, honest, hard, straight truth to you. And I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I've seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here, Jesus says. There's no hearsay. Yet, you, Nicodemus, instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. Do we procrastinate with questions? If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face, and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of things that you can't see, the things of God? See, Nicodemus is too immersed in his head. He's too into the academia, the academic, the, the, the practical, the intellectual. He's unable to apply his earthly learning to the spiritual questions that he has. And so Jesus lays out the born-again process, the salvation discourse, the theologians call this. And he says, no one has ever gone up into the presence of God except me, the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. And in the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so that people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. Lifted up how? Lifted up on the cross. And everyone who looks up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real eternal life. See, there is no passage of Scripture that is just put in the Bible for filler. It all means something, and all of it. Down to every dot and tittle refers to Jesus Christ. Old Testament and New, the whole tapestry is interwoven with the thread of Christ. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed by believing in Jesus. 
Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. Jesus came to help, to put the world right again. And anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without even knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in this one-of-a-kind Son of God when they were introduced to Him. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save. And everyone that believes in that and accepts that and acknowledges that is saved. And really the only way that you can not be saved is if you reject the message. And so when Jesus finishes his explanation of being born again, we don't get to know if at this point Nicodemus finally understands. I'd like to think that he did, but we don't know for sure. It doesn't tell us for sure. Although Nicodemus's later actions seem to point to his acceptance of Christ as Savior. The thing of immediate importance, however, is that we understand this truth. Truth is important. Truth leads to life. Lies and deception lead to death and destruction. You see, church, the, the most insidious ways that Satan attacks the church and the seeker is by presenting some kind of alternative to the truth that sounds and feels good, yet is not good at all. For example, it feels good to hear that all people will get to spend eternity with God in heaven and that all paths lead to him. That one belief system or religion is as good as another and that all that matters is that we are basically good people. That feels good. The problem is it's not biblical and it's just not true. See, that, that whole thought process is called universalism. It teaches that there is a broad way into heaven. But we know that the way is narrow. And that the Bible teaches us that only Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father but by Him. Satan is going to try his best to deceive and divert Christians away from the truth. More and more we see people that are led astray by progressive and alternative Christianity, which is really not Christianity at all. See, these mockeries of the gospel tickle the ears of many a Christian with their everybody gets a trophy theology. Everybody gets a crown. They profess a kernel of truth just to enhance their credibility, but they twist the word of God and omit the whole truth of God in order to intentionally lead people away from God. 
They, 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 there's seemingly glittery, shiny new concepts and teachings suggest that there are many ways to heaven. They profess that humans should follow their hearts and do what feels good. Do what feels right. See, they're not new at all, really, are they? They're merely the same old lies and deception in brand new packaging. It's false teaching. Suggesting the heretical ideas that God's word is somehow insufficient. And that God's will is somehow changeable and inconsistent. Satan is famous for whispering, did God really say dot, dot, dot? Satan uses whatever and whoever is available to him in his mission to deceive, to kill, and destroy. And we need to be especially watchful in this season where he will call evil good and good evil. I recommend to you always compare the messages you hear coming from the various sources out there. Compare them to the truth of God's word. And if you do that, you will be equipped to make good biblically, biblically based choices. See, over and over again, history has demonstrated that Every society where individual freedom has been oppressed has also persecuted the church because the church champions freedom for all of God's people. When you see oppression, when you see the attempt to silence the free flow of ideas, beware. As Christians, we need to take every message we, that we receive from media, from all sources, with an attitude of discernment. Because some ideologies being actively considered today by the current culture are incompatible with individual liberty and are therefore incompatible with Christianity. Make your life choices armed with a foundation of God's truth. Because we ultimately have to accept personal responsibility for those choices. The way is narrow. You might say it's so narrow you can only go in one person at a time. See, brothers and sisters, we can only be born again in truth. We can only be born again through Christ. Anything that leads us down a path that suggests we can get there without Jesus is destructive, is dishonest, is untrue. So please don't venture down those paths. No matter how glittery it looks and how good it makes us feel, the glitter will fade and the feeling will fade too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.